Hi. Welcome to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we hear from Kenny Lawler, receiver for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, who led the team in receiving in 2019. His rookie year in the CFL, he's back for his second go-round with the Blue and Gold, so you'll hear his thoughts on coming back for another season. Also, Leah Hextall, our hockey expert friend, will talk about the Jets through 10 games, what changes might be in store once Pierre-Luc Dubois hits the ice, also the future of women's hockey. That's all on the podcast. CFL news today, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers bringing back another member of their Grey Cup title team. That would be Kenny Lawler, who led the team in receiving yards in 2019 and joins us now on the CJOB Sports Show. Kenny, how does it feel to be back in blue and gold for another year? Man, it feels good. It feels good. I'm truly blessed to be back in the blue and gold, back in Winnipeg. Uh, Man, it's just such a great feeling, man. And also, thank you for having me on the the show. Yeah, no problem. So for you, uh, free agency starts in uh, just under a week here. There were a lot more teammates signed before you were. Is there any reason why you were a bit later in the process? You know, um, I just wanted to just make sure we uh, really had time to think about the deal, sit down, talk about the deal, and uh, just uh, really – yeah, just really wanted to have that time to really think and talk about it. Just because um, this ain't just for me, this is for my family as well. I want to have the best deal uh, that I could possibly get. And it, it took some time, but um, it was it was all in good time. And, um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was quite an experience, too. Well, for you, you're still kind of doing everything for the first time because in 2019, that was really your first CFL season. You win a great cop in your rookie season, and now this is the first time you really got to negotiate, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's definitely the first time I'd have to negotiate. But uh, man, it's, it was it was uh, it, it was it was cool, man. I was sitting down talking to people, you know, um, letting uh, letting them hear how they value me, and uh, they uh, truly value me. And um, it was just a great process to go through, and it. Uh, just gets me that much more fired up to get down there to Winnipeg, man, and win some, win another Great Cup. Well, for you and most of the winners of the Great Cup in 2019, they're coming back. When you see all those other players that are going to be part of this return in 2021, knock on wood, that we're, we're able to have a season, how excited are you to be able to run it back with mostly the same crew? Man, it's a, it's a great feeling because, you know, all them boys, man, they were, they're my dogs, man. And we were in them trenches fighting together. We bled. We, 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 man, we fought and uh, we made it to, to the, uh, on top. And it's just, it's, it's a great feeling to be back with a, a group of guys because that chemistry is going to be very strong going into the season. And, you know, um, yeah, um, we, we, we are, we are going to be a force to be reckoned with. Definitely. Going into 2019, what were your expectations for yourself? Uh, for myself, again, it was my rookie year. It was just really just so to uh, to make the team, make the um, make the 44 man roster, and uh, from there, you know, uh, my goals were just, you know, from after that was to just, you know, be consistent, um, be a team player, and you know, just really really just 
Um, just yeah, basically just trying to stay consistent. And um, that showed, and uh, that was my main goal, just because, you know, I didn't want to take on such a big role. Um, I was, I am a rookie. I was a rookie. And, uh, you know, I just wanted to just be uh, a, complimentary, a complimentary piece to the whole offense. So you weren't expecting to lead the team in receiving yards then? Yeah, I really wasn't uh, expecting to uh, lead the team in receiving yards. You know, that was just something that uh, just came in due time. Um, They started uh, gaining more trust in me, started implementing me more into the game plan. And uh, just when my name was called, uh, I I made the plays, I made the catches, and um, also just continued to stay consistent. And, uh, man, yeah, that led to me leading the team in uh, receptions. I'm not receptions, uh, yards. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he still had a decent number of receptions, 41 of them, four for touchdowns. You were the most outstanding rookie on the team, and you caught passes from uh, three different quarterbacks on the season, and now you've got Zach Kolaris back in the helm. What do you feel about your uh, connection with Zach? What kind of chemistry do you have? There was that great touchdown in the, the West Final over the Rough Riders. What kind of rapport do you have with the quarterback? Uh, me and you know, me and Zach, we I'm not Zach. Uh, yeah, Zach. Um, we have we have a pretty good connection. Um, he was only there for uh, like I say, what six, seven games. But um, you know, when he stepped into the starting position, um, he basically demanded excellence, and I'm one. I was one for that, and uh, we'll just continue to grow and just talk about things and talk about what he wanted and what he wanted me, where he wanted me to be, and just a lot of time in it. A lot of just a lot of those conversations, we started to grow a connection. And um, I was just uh, some dude, a dude that he trusted, and uh, he knew I was going to be in the right place at the right time. And um, I believe that, conne- that connection between us could just grow uh, even more. Uh, Zach, he, Zach, he's a experienced quarterback. He knows looks. He knows he he knows what he wants. So um, coming into coming into 2021, I think man, this is going to be a explosive connection. Me, Zach, and the whole Winnipeg wide receiver coach is going to be a lot more dynamic, I believe, with Zach under center. What was 2020 like for you without the ability to have a season? 2020, it was. It was hard, um, you know, COVID hit, and um, it was hard mentally just not having a season, not knowing if we were going to be playing football, um, the, all the whole little go-around with the season being pushed back to back to then me opting out and not getting on workouts after that due to more COVID uh, reasons. It, it was hard, but, um, man, like I said earlier, I believe that uh, – COVID hit everyone, and, you know, you got to just sit on the couch and you got to just, you know, feel sorry for yourself or you got to work. And what I was really doing, you know, what took my mind off of that was just working out and being with my family, being with the ones who uplift me to keep me going and be like, you're working for a reason. The opportunity is going to present itself, and it's it's, going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And, um that's really what it was, man. We were just bunkering down, trying to be safe, um, trying to stay <clears throat> stay out of harm's way. And, um, and I was just doing a lot of working out. So you're down in California then? 
Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Riverside, California. And what have you been able to do in terms of training? What kind of restrictions are there in place where you are? Uh, so, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, yeah, there's a there's a lot of restrictions to the uh, just to the whole population, the community. Um, restaurants are you know only available for takeout. Can't sit in. Um, gyms are closed. Um, it's like in certain places are closed. I can't take my son out to thing like to a park or to you know certain little places that we like to go um but for me when it comes to working out you know um you know it's just we we just need a field we just need a football field so there's a football field over by my dad's my dad's house and um basically i wake up in the morning uh head over there we uh we start 6 30 and um man we're doing speed agility workouts um then from there, um, one of my uh, good friends, he has a gym, and it's a uh, somewhat kind of like a, like a private gym, but um, yeah, it's a just for a gym for athletes to go work out, and uh, I'm blessed to have that to where I'm able to still lift weights because that's a big part of uh, my routine and my game as well in my uh, off season workouts. Do you follow the NFL closely at all? Uh, yeah, I've been following it. Due to, you know, not being able to play, um, I haven't followed it like I wanted to. But, you know, I know I know who's in the Super Bowl. I know who's uh, fighting for, you know, the playoffs. I, I know everything, but just not the real details of it. But, um, yeah. <laughs> so who's your Super Bowl pick? My Super Bowl pick? Really? Yeah. I don't have a Super Bowl pick. Really, well, I don't on. have a Super Bowl pick. I don't. I just, wanna, I just really want to see a great game because uh, both these guys are accomplishing are uh, are really accomplishing being just achieving greatness uh, with Mahomes and up and coming quarterback, uh, the up and coming goat, and uh, then we got Brady. He is the goat, and he's going for his seventh. So it's like, man, I just want to see. I kind of want to see a shootout. I, I do like seeing good games where it's strong defensive play on both sides. But we had that, last, I believe, last Super Bowl. Um, and, uh, yeah, no, I just want to see a shootout. I just want to see a shootout. So whoever wins, my hat's off to them. But, yeah, I just want to, I just want to see 48-49 and then go for it on the last play. Side <laughs> game, yeah, that will be, be my hopes for a Super Bowl. That would be awesome. I, I, I'll be honest, I'm, I'm cheering for Kansas City, but – I just also want to, to be entertained more than anything. Kenny, appreciate your time tonight. Hopefully we can uh, see you out on the football field here in Winnipeg in a few months. Take it easy and stay safe. Yes, sir. You as well. Thanks for having me. That is Kenny Lawler. He is back for another year in blue and gold, signed for a one-year contract with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers for the 2021 season, which we, of course, hope does actually take place. During the break, I looked at old lineups to find out who was the last person I interviewed in person. It was March 10th, and it was Jason Gunlickson who came in studio at our Polo Park location when we were there to talk about his Briar experience. That was the last time I had an in-person interview. It's uh, It's been a long time. We're going to talk more about the Jets right now with our friend Leah Hextall. Leah, how are you doing tonight? I'm good, Christian. So is it the pandemic that has held people being around you or do they just don't want to see you i I was just wondering if that's doing anything to your (laughs) self-esteem you know what leah as much as that would be perceived as a shot honestly 
I spend most of my time by myself anyway. I'm a kind of so a lone do wolf. I, kid. So you know, I've been here almost six years now. I spend a lot of time exploring on my own, so it's no big deal to me. It's just there now that go. now I have a cat, so that's the, <laughs> the one big change. So uh, uh, I, I'm I'm at least uh, able to go downtown and see the Jets games in the press box with the distancing requirements. So I feel definitely privileged to be able to do that. You've been able to to check out the Jets through ten games so far. Your overall impressions of what you've seen through now. Uh, over a sixth of the way through this season. Yeah, right there. You said it, Christian. I mean, this is such a sprint. When people were saying, oh, they've only played about 10 games, I'm like, well, that's, you know, like as you just mentioned, a sixth of the season with the abbreviated year. Um, You know, I think right now the Jets are exactly what I expected them to be. I think Connor Hellebuck isn't quite playing up to the standard in which he wants himself to be, Um, but Loren Versois has come in and done his job quite well. But, you know, at the end of the day, they are, you know, collecting wins. They're scoring some goals. Their defense is what it is. We all knew it would still be problematic. I'm excited to see Pierre-Luc Dubois and how he fits into this lineup and what possibilities that creates. And I think that there has been, which is the great positive and something I spoke about in my Hexon Hockey on Tuesday, is that there has been an emergence of players such as Nick Ehlers, Andrew Kopp, Adam Lowry, who are becoming the top players on the Jets roster. And that's exactly what you want to see when you draft and develop. You want to see these players take another step so that when your captain, who's 34 years of age, maybe is missing a step now, they are coming in like they're supposed to, the natural progression and transition of players. And that's the topic uh, A of Jets fans right now, especially with the media and just following what the chatter was on Twitter last night was about Blake Wheeler. And you, like you say, Where's his game at right now? He is notoriously a bit of a slow start. He does have 11 points in 10 games, a lot of them on the power play, but he is a minus nine. The analytics would suggest uh, not a rosy picture in his own end. What's your read on Blake Wheeler and the impassioned defense that his coach gave today? You know, I hate plus minus. I think it's a useless stat and we need to get away from it. But that's just me. Um, I will tell you this. You know, it's just not fair to me because some players might have a good plus minus. Who are they playing against? Are they out there against the best players on the ice? Probably not. Are they playing on the penalty kill? Probably not. Yes, sometimes it can be a great statistic to look at, but usually it's not if you really look at it. And that's what created the impassioned response from the coach today. And I say impassioned and I giggle at it because this was just another day at the office. I <laughs> I was working out and an alert came across my phone that said NHL News breaking Paul Maurice offended by criticism of Wheeler. And I thought, oh goodness, what happened? And then I watched it. And first of all, there's nothing salacious about his comments except for the fact that one word was beeped and it's not even a swear word as there's worse language used on daytime television nowadays. So let's get rid of that. Second of all, This is what a head coach does. It's not just what Paul Maurice should do. This is what any head coach that has any worth or weight to their players will do, defend their captain. The reason being, as a head coach, you are attached to your captain. You are glued together, just like a GM is attached to their head coach. How many times have we seen a GM give support to a head coach, even if they're not doing a good job? Sometimes they even fire them a few days later, but they're always going to defend them to the end because that is their job. And that's exactly what Paul Maurice did today. So it's not like it was anything special. In my opinion, what really stood out to me about it was the fact of what he said towards the end of it, Christian, is the fact that he talked about what Blake Wheeler has given to this team and that there's criticism of him right now for, let's let's be blunt here, he's 34 years of age. He's been the guy in Winnipeg for how long? 
he can't continue to do what he does going forward, what he did say last year, a year or two ago, because he's just getting older. Father time is cruel. It's cruel to us all. This is going to happen. But the fact of the matter is at the end, Maurice stated it very clearly. He said, I would be real careful. You have a player in your town that does what Wheeler does, not just on the ice, but off of it. I'd be real careful. If people do not notice that comment, and take that for shots fired by the coach at this market. And I'm not saying, you know, when he said, I stick up for the Winnipeg Jets, we do not live in a market where players want to come. Whether or not people want to agree with that or not, that's the truth. I'm telling you that's the truth. I'm 110% right. We fall in line as probably the top, us Detroit, Buffalo, least desirable markets. You could throw Columbus in there. That's just the bottom line. We know how great this market is but players don't want to come play here. So when you have a player and that's what the coach is saying, and that's why he got a little heated is let's be careful to criticize because if this is how we want to start acting towards our stars, towards our captain, is that a great recruitment tool? So that's what I took away from today. And, uh, you know, I'd, I'd love to hear Christian, your thoughts as to what you thought about what coach Murray stated. Well, you, you're right. They're tied at the hip, but I think the, the question does need to be asked about the deployment of him. He only played 13 minutes yesterday, so it's a big departure from what we'd seen at the start of the season where he was playing big-time minutes and perhaps he was not doing as well on his own end. I know you say the you know, plus-minus isn't the be-all, end-all, and I agree with you 100%. It's not, but he has been on the ice for a lot of the team's five-on-five goals against uh, and that is definitely something that's, that can be an issue. But uh, critics would say, Leah, that with the coach and captain tied at the hip, that if you're going to go down together on this on the ship, then people will say, "Well, by then, right?" There's part of this, I think, maybe Leah is me reading too much stuff on Twitter. I think that's always a bad thing to do <laughs> because. It's such a small popular percentage of the people that actually care about this team. They're the vocal ones who are like, the fire Maurice, not playing Hanela enough. And it's, it's, it can be a little bit uh, disillusioning, I guess. But point is, I think it's fair to say, Leah, that Blake Wheeler, I know he's got, again, 11 points through 10 games so far this season, but should he be on the top line? Let's just put it that. Should he be no, on the top line of the Winnipeg No, Jets? he shouldn't be. I said that okay. on Tuesday. Okay. He shouldn't be. Blake Wheeler's 34, going to be 35 years of age. It is time. It is time for this team to transition. It is time for this team to let those emerging players. What was one of Patrick Laine's complaints? He wanted more. He wanted more from this team. He wanted to be on that top line. People can think what they want to, but that is a valid complaint for a superstar. Sometimes that means, and in this case, I especially think so, that's not the only player that feels that way. And it's time. It's time to transition. Now, if Wheeler's playing out of his mind, he goes anywhere he wants. That's the nature of sport. But to me, this is just such a natural progression. And I completely agree with you, Christian. The captain is allowed to be criticized. As soon as you get that C stitched on your sweater, you should be expecting it all the time because you are the face of the franchise. And Wheeler took that criticism today and had a great answer about it. And at the end, he spoke about, I want he no, uh, gets, you know, just kind of told all of us about how great so many other players were playing. And that's the point here. And he's seeing it. So why is everybody else so worried about Blake Wheeler's ice time? 
This is what happens in hockey. And this captain is not being scrutinized. You want to look for scrutiny? Go to Toronto. Go to Montreal. This is a cakewalk here in Winnipeg compared to what those players deal with on a daily basis. They're facing 60 media people a day, and they tear them apart. This is nothing. This doesn't matter to Blake Wheeler. You and I having this conversation, he doesn't care. He's not listening. Either is Paul Maurice. This is all deflection. And the fact of the matter, though, is I I don't think Blake Wheeler should be on the top line. And that's a great thing for Winnipeg because that means that we have depth. That means this team is starting to get the forward core that it needs to have in order to make progress. Now, if we could just figure out the defense, we can talk. <laughs> right. And he's still very much an asset on the top power play. You know, Absolutely. There's no doubt about that. But that's just the, the evolution of the game. So uh, where do you think Pierre-Luc Dubois fits into the plan here yeah that's you know that's interesting I I personally think when you trade for a star player you need to bring him out and put him in a place to to go and I think you know you're not going to bump Shifley off that top centerman spot but I think he he slots in second line center Uh, I think he deserves to do that until he loses that right if he does lose that right um, you know, and I think what I love is just that trickle down effect. I, I totally think the Stasny can go out and play the wing. You know, Wheeler spoke about it the other day. Um, just the fact that, you know, Stasny makes everybody better and can seem to play with anyone because he's so cerebral. And, uh, you know, I, I see Pierre-Luc Dubois as the second line center and we'll see how he comes in and plays. And, you know, on top of that, just what he's going to do, uh, from the defensive side of the game, I'm really interested, uh, to see him because quite frankly, Christian, I can fully admit it. I, I haven't seen Pierre-Luc Dubois play all that much. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing, you know, what this kid's made of when he gets here. Before I let you go, Leah, just to touch on women's hockey for a moment, the NWHL, they shut it down today, unfortunately. The Isabel Cup tournament is uh, suspended because of COVID cases. Also, we heard today that the PWHPA is going to be having its Dream Gap Tour go to MSG. First time ever there will be a pro women's hockey game at Madison Square Garden. So we are again looking at these two factions, trying to figure out what league is going to kind of be the one league to rule them all. Where do we stand today on women's hockey? We still stand that there needs to be a women's national hockey league, and that is the only option for women's hockey in order to progress for this future. And my HOH, my Hexon Hockey tomorrow, is going to dissect the PWHPA and their partnership with the New York Rangers. John Davidson, the Rangers president, said today when the announcement came out that he felt, you know, they were very excited to be a small part of elevating the visibility of women's pro hockey. This isn't small. This is massive. This is an NHL team putting their brand power behind the PWHPA, which are 125 of the best women players in the world. It is giving them their brand power, their corporate sponsorship, their platforms. I mean, the Rangers have 1.4 million Twitter followers, and today they put out an announcement, and I bet there's people who have never heard of the PWHPA who heard about it for the first time today. And on top of that, tonight, it's going to be in the sports news. Tomorrow, it's going to be in the sports section. People are going to be putting this out through social media. There will be buildup because you know why? It's New York City. It is the biggest market, the best market in the National Hockey League. So this is the start, and it's the trickle-down effect. So now, you know what? Toronto, you're up. L.A., you're next. Montreal, you're up. It's one game each. And if every single team did it, we have a 31-game schedule. Boom, done. Excellent. That's all it takes. It's the start. 
and it's really exciting. And I have to say kudos to the New York Rangers for being the first and let's hope they're not the last when it comes to partnerships with the PWHPA and making sure that we get that message across that this game can build so that at some point we do have a WNHL. Well said, Leah. Appreciate your time as always. Thanks for this, and uh, stay safe. You as well, Christian. Take care. Enjoy your cat. Yeah, we're uh, we're coexisting. <laughs> he's thankfully sleeping right now, so we're at All peace. Right. All right, take care. Okay, Christian, take care. Tune in to the CGOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 with me, Christian O'Mell, or you can download the podcast on iTunes. It's actually on iTunes now. Wow. If you got an Android, then I think you're out of luck, but Apple products, you're good. So listen to the podcast. Please subscribe. You can rate it. What's the worst that could happen?